Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Eggshells Podcast Companion. This is an audible companion to Eggshells Pro Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome, a book that goes into deep detail on every single pro wrestling event to ever happen inside of Japan's most famous stadium. In this podcast, we take a look at a different year in Tokyo Dome history with a different guest every episode. And this time, we're completing our Super J cast. Uh, what's the, what's, uh, what's a trife, a bifecto? <laughs> Super Jacob's bifecto, uh, in two episodes as, uh, this time we have Damon McDonald on the line. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I mean, uh, when you reached out to us and, uh, Joel was kind enough to pass along those good words, I was, uh, I was thrilled. I mean, it's a, we're, it's an exciting time for us. We're big fans of your work, uh, with your two books and also the stuff that you do on the broadcast. And again, I've met you a couple of times in my travels over there in Japan and always a top guy and uh, always have fun chatting with you and, and spending time with you. So um, this was great. I was, I was thrilled to do it and um, I'm excited. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Where were you uh, in 2010, Damon? Oh, probably in a real probably in a real bad spot <laughs> knowing me um no no actually probably really good um you know when when it came to the new japan stuff um and and the and even the the pro wrestling stuff i think my fandom always had ebbs and flows and mm. 2000s were probably in ebb um and then you know, right around this time that we're talking about is when it, I kind of got re-energized and reinvigorated with the, the wrestling scene. Um, I think the MMA influence kind of, I don't, I want to say turned me off because I don't think pro wrestling ever failed me, but that style just left a lot to be desired for me. So um, seeing kind of where the direction of the company was moving and um, I kind of hope, and I don't think anybody really knew, but you kind of got glimpses and hopes of maybe this, maybe this experiment, as I like to call it, was was hopefully seeing an end, and um, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, right, and um, yeah, we'll we'll get into to that as as we look in our, as we do our deep dives on our matches um, in just a little bit. 2010 um let's see i can't think what was i doing in 2010 nothing of massive great import i think um but uh top of the pop charts damon i i'm try every episode 22 episodes in now yeah. still haven't you know every time I, I bring out the the top number one pop pop song in japan in a certain year and uh nobody bites on it but um 2010, Damon was the, was the birth of a new era of idol pop, and it it almost ties into wrestling, as uh, as AKB48 uh, was. Okay, so at least, I, at least I've heard of them. Like, I, I actually know them, and they have, they have a restaurant right at uh, Akibara Station, is it? Yes, Akibara. Oh, you still have the restaurant? Um, so I know of them, and they swap out, like, uh, what is it? Do they have, like, contests and competitions? And yes, yeah, it's 48 very, members? very, very sinister. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very shady business that, that everybody's in oh. there, but, uh, but, um, yeah, of course, like, pro wrestling has its, has its shady ends, and then, uh, so there was, I, I don't know where, um, yeah, I I don't know anything about about pop idol music um, really at all. Um, but the it all ties back into wrestling because of, of course the AKB forty eight and the SK. You know, there's like different forty eights for different cities. So there's like SK no. and there's like NMB, which is like for number. Um, and so, but anyway, they had. A, a couple of years, you know, three or four years after this uh, this show that we're talking about here, uh, those uh, primarily the AKB48 idols would would have uh, their own TV drama about oh pro wrestling. Uh, really, it was called Tofu Pro Wrestling, um, and this is where you know if if you're familiar or if you've heard of 
Hollywood Jr. now, who was like, uh, I bet, you know, some fans might know her as the special guest ambassador for like uh, Wrestle Kingdom this year. Um, but she's, uh, you know, she was like in SKE 48, I think. And then like she was a big part of this like Tofu Pro Wrestling thing because uh, she was the one that, that, that cared most most i guess about pro wrestling and okay. so dedicated herself to to training for this show which um i still haven't gone around to to seeing um i expect it's high camp but i mean you know they, for you know chris for a guy who says he didn't know much about it you certainly know a lot about it well but because they they've had shows like right. they've also had like so, like I come, I think they call it Tofu Pro Wrestling The Real or something. And they've had shows in like Korokuen and uh, another show in Osaka and they, they draw very well, you know, because like they don't necessarily get the pro wrestling fans, I think. They get like the idol pop fans. Yeah. Um, I'll, and, I'll tell you yeah. what, I see a lot of that in Wrestle One. Um, yeah. There's always a group that, that will perform before the actual matches. Um, and I could not tell you the name of the group. Um, but there's always that kind of little dip and dab in it. And I guess the only other thing that, I, that always comes to mind is every time we go to Wrestle Kingdom for every year, um, you know, it's always packed there because they have concerts every night leading up to the dome and it has nothing to do with wrestling mind you but there are just whole lines and lines and lines and it's packed with you know 14 15 16 year old girls and and their parents and but when i say packed i mean like lines for merchandise start at you know nine o'clock in the morning and the show doesn't even start until you know regular seven o'clock eight o'clock at night and it's and it's packed the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah, there you are. yeah um but uh to to circle around to to wrestling full-on full-time yeah i think like we were probably you know we've been talking about this over the last couple of episodes where things are, are starting to turn the corner in the the ukes area of, of new japan and certainly like the i think you're right damon in that the 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 wrestling product in ring is very is much closer or you're starting to see things be be closer to to what we expect from from new japan now um but the crowds are a good deal smaller you know um and it's uh yeah it's it's very very sort of strange but you're seeing like an embryonic point of where we are now um kind of so through 2009 you would have seen like gbh um makabe's stable collapse and then like chaos take its place um and so like that was the the big thing that would head in head through 2009 and then into like our, our main event in 2010 which which we'll look at uh, for just in just a little bit but um when the other real big themes to this Wrestle Kingdom and like we're still in the era of Wrestle Kingdoms where like there's a little bit of non-canon-ness to them um, where, you know, rather now it's, it's where everything's focused towards um, throughout the whole year um, for a good run there. And especially during the slow business eras, like it, it was kind of like, well, we're going to lean on doing cross promotional stuff with, with other companies to bulk it up, be it like all Japan um, or like other Indies or zero one or TNA, or in this case, Noah, which was, um, you know, really where all the big matches were at this point. Were you watching Noah at the time? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It, it, the, the problem was getting the, the, the shows um, in, in somewhat of a timely manner. Um, the, the internet trading community and, and the, you know, availability of stuff online was still a little bit sparse um so it was tough getting shows so anything that i would see from a noah perspective or uh you know an all japan perspective was stuff that it felt like you know months had passed before i actually got my eyeballs on it so you know you would try to keep up with it with that and and kind of circle back to maybe you know an observer or you know just um, websites online where you would see the results and try to keep track of it that way and then actually see the stuff maybe weeks or months later. So it was a little bit of a difficult time. Certainly wasn't as bad as the, the you know, the keeping up with it, you know, in the nineties when, you know, tapes were months and months. Um, you know, you would see Wrestle Kingdom shows, 
in in the summertime mm-hmm. here in the states, you know, and, and July we'll say, and it's you know these shows are going on in January. So um, it was it, again, it was a little difficult time because one, you know, your fandom is trying to get back into the swing of things, and then when you finally get around to seeing the things that were two or three months old. You know, you're you're kind of like okay, you know, all right, <laughs> let, you know, let's you know, let's 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 hopefully move ahead quicker. Hopefully, things are changing, and um, there's only was there's only so much of that you can a person can take. If it, you know, you don't want to force yourself to like something, right? You yes. don't want to force yourself to to say okay, it's like your favorite band, you know, and you know they put out an album, and it's like okay, maybe I should give this another listen. Okay, maybe I should give this one more lesson. There's a, there's a good song in here somewhere, yeah. and then you're kind of trying to do that and talk yourself into it. Yeah. Um, but but as you said, you you could see those glimmers of hope, right? And and I don't even think that the company knew. And we're talking about New Japan here, and and, and even Noah, I don't think they knew what they had in the sense of younger people, younger stars, and even the stars that they, they were beyond grooming, your Nakamura's, your Tanahashi's. Even at that point, you know, it, it takes a while for a fan base to latch on to it, right? They might have confidence in those people to say, okay, you're, you guys are going to be the stars of the show and the stars of the promotion, and we're going to hook our boat to you and you lead the way. It's it's tougher though to get the fans to kind of okay get that going and get the groundswell going to to get the buzz and I think the confidence that New Japan lacked in in not going out of their way to get a cross cross promotional show they had to do a cross cross promotional show because they had no confidence to be able to do it on their own and I think the other way around so it was. You know, Noah and New Japan kind of realizing that if we're going to do this show, we we kind of got to go this route. Yeah, yeah, and I think like from from the point from New Japan side, it was um, mainly an issue I think with with marketing for for so so long. You know, and and that's what really changed when when Bushi Road came in um, was simply the the Ux's game plan uh, for a decent for you know pretty much the entire time they were there was to get the company operating in uh, you know back in the black you know and to that extent you know and something we've we've said on the show before um dukes's uh were are um a video game company and they they ran new japan like a video game company which is like a video game studio which is to say like you you get things done on time and under budget and that's it you know so they they didn't really push their talent you know, in in any particular sort of creative way, you know, and that what there wasn't much promotion going on, and that kind of like meant that everything was stalling a little bit. Um, with Noah, I mean, they'd had probably the the worst year of their their history in in terms of like all the things that had happened to them, you know, in in terms of losing TV, uh, in terms of losing Misawa uh, back in you know the the pre- the previous year there in two thousand nine, and so like this was this was really them. Um, scrambling you know at, at this point and in in die die straits um but uh that all that i suppose a lot of that pressure would have been on naomichi marifuji who is uh you know really sort of uh had this status you know as like the 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 ace i guess put put upon him you know and uh you know that that he was the the guy in the in the wake of uh miss our uh passing away um and so marifuji had won the the j cup the previous year and that's what led to marifuji and, and tiger mask um here in this one what do you what do you think of of uh naomichi marifuji and, and tiger mask for the the iwgp junior average title there i think it was one of the the better matches on a show that was desperately needing better matches because <laughs> yeah. i think the, the undercard was you know it was easy to hand wave. And then, you know, I think the main event was, I mean, knowing what you know now about physical condition and, and I don't want to say the, the forcing of, of Nakamura to be somebody that maybe quite possibly he wasn't ready for it. 
that match stood out to me above all the rest. I mean, if you go up and down that lineup, there's really not a lot to sink your teeth into until you get to, you know, maybe Makabe's match, you know, and then and then this Marafuji, Tanahashi, you know, the Goto match, Nakamura, Takayama. From a pure athletic pro wrestling match that and i wouldn't necessarily even categorize it as a junior match because it really didn't feel that way to me mm. this felt like a a solid pro wrestling match that you could stick in in any classification yeah um, yeah but but it, it stood out to me as as one one of one of the better if not the best match uh on the entire dome show yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, and obviously, you know, Marafuji would, would work with both. And like, Tiger Mart, like, here is like Tiger Mart's four in, a, in an interesting spot where, you know, nowadays you, you kind of see Tiger Mart very, very occasionally. You get like the, the pissed off Tiger that, that gets a, a rare singles match. And, um, you know, or, or you get occasional like bright spots during the, the, um, best of the super juniors. Um, and like I think this is probably Tiger Mask in at his best here, where he's dealing with somebody that's that's significantly sort of faster than him, more athletic than him, and and Tiger Mask, be, you know, being there to to sort sort of say fuck you to that, you know. Yeah. Um. There's there's a good spot here where like like Tiger Mask's out on the apron and Marafuji's like I don't know whether he was trying to do like the the Dragon Lee over the top Hurricane thing to the floor. And, you know, so he sort of, like, jumps over the top top rope or whatever, and Tiger Mask just basically kicks him in the deck. That's really it. Man, your color, your color commentary really is really shining here. <laughs> it's, it's, right, it's, it's really yeah, yeah, coming yeah, across yeah, great. Yeah, you know? yeah, You're really learning good. a lot from Kevin Kelly, Chris. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, just kicked him in the deck. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, people, new fans especially, uh, and I'm sure you've heard it many times is, is, you know, they kind of question, my God, you know, tiger mask, you know, you know, he, the grumpy tiger mask is always an enjoyable tiger mask, but watching this match. And again, it's not like everything was fresh in my mind, Chris, I had to rewatch yeah. this. Right? Mm, of course. Of course yeah. uh, and, and yeah, I mean, you kind of see that, wow. Yeah. That, that, that is the tiger mask that, I mean, listen, it's not Sayama and it's not Masala, but, but, you know, it's it's something where, oh, OK, I, I can see what they saw in this guy. Um, and uh, the one spot, you know, you, if, if we're talking spots, is the the uh, powerbomb spot that looked super dangerous um, mm. from the top rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the one that just, you know, had me like, whoa. And again, to see tiger mask now you know you wouldn't <laughs> you, you couldn't imagine that seeing that in 2018 but in 2010 uh it was a dangerous high risk spot that kind of got you out of your chair to, to say Ooh. and of course you know look marafuji's the kicks and his the speed in which he does them and the snappiness and um all the things that make him great you know without injuries without you know and, and having youth on his side helped make this match even more special. And I don't think it's, it's by accident. Uh, obviously it's not, but I don't, I think, you know, the one guy that was able to walk out of this one, the one Noah guy that was able to walk out of this with a win and, and kind of up his, his stature and up his status in the promotion was, was Marafuji. And I don't think that's, that was a mistake, obviously. I mean, they, a, they Noah needed to do that. They needed to establish stars and establish stars quickly. But um, I just think talent-wise, and 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 what he brought to the table, like he, that 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 finish made probably more sense than anything else on the show. Yeah, yeah, and, and the way he did it as well, like the the sort of tiger drive, the double unhook to the the emerald flosion as well. And you know, it was like the clear <laughs> the clear sign of oh, oh, this is the guy that's taking over Miss um, Howard's mantle. You know, it was something like. Um, Years ago, I think like the the there was a lot of people that would knock on Tiger Mask, you know, that that would knock on this this Tiger Mask. I think mainly because he wasn't any of the other ones, you know, <laughs> um, you know, because it's hard to he, do. He wasn't, and you know, and it was weird. I think it was weird as well because like the the you know he was trained by Sayama, which which certainly like the the other 
uh, the other guys weren't. <laughs> Misao wasn't. Um, you know, and, and Kanemoto wasn't. Um, and and Kanemoto didn't didn't like it anyway. You know, and, and I think like probably had Kanemoto's run been been longer, there would there would be more people ragging on that. You know, but I think he was just you know he's he's been great at at sort of making that that role his own and of course you know he's been tiger mask for what like 17 years at this point you know which is uh you're way more than any of the other tiger Mask put together um you know so i mean it's become his his role now you know and and i think like um he had to spend he had to maybe it took time for him to for everybody to accept him on his own uh, sort of standings and, and on his own sort of definition rather than what the character means to, to other people, you know, which yeah. I think is always a problem when like you're wrestling as a character that, that somebody else created. Uh, and I, but I think that's one of the great like appeals to me about Tiger Mask in general yeah. is that, you know, you start out with Sayama who just might be the most graceful high flyer I've ever seen. And, and, and maybe the, 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 the one with the most speed, if that makes sense, right? Like everything he did was just speed and, and fluidity. And I'm making up words, but I don't care, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know? Um, and whereas Masawa was a completely different style um, of, of tiger mask, um, it incorporated high flying stuff, but certainly not at the, the like the revolutionary way that Sayama did. Um, and everybody kind of had their own pocket um, when it came to what their idea of Tiger Mask and their physical limitations and abilities and strengths um, to make the character their own. And um, I like that about that. Um, now, in the same breath, would I want to see that with uh, like a Liger? Like, like would I want to see that mantle being passed? I, I don't know. But I'm sure there were there were people when, you know, Sayama broke away from New Japan in the 80s um, and, you know, all Japan took over the, the gimmick. I, I'm sure there were people that were like, oh, what is this? You know, I, yeah. this is not the Tiger Mask that I know. And, you know, but then, you know, as time goes on, you you develop, you know, OK, this is Tiger Mask and this is what this one brings. And, and then he rips off the mask and away we go. Now we're starting all over again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one, but uh, yeah, it all circles round back round to Miss Era, of course, and like um, we we go from uh, you know Miss Era's substitute, you know the the guy taking over the the helm to the helms of nowhere um, to the man that I guess they were trying to earmark earmark as you know the next sort of the next guy to to take the helm as as GHC champion i guess which was uh goshi ozaki um at this point mitsaru misawa's last tag team partner um and you know they they sort of put the rocket on him right after misawa died and and he had the the GAT, uh championship immediately after misawa passed but um yeah goshi ozaki was never you know he, he never got to to the same heights as as his 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 peers and like this is probably you know, it it might get round to a point. I think Damon, you you were sort of half making, which was like, you know, stars created in house in Noah. They really are you. Well, I mean, although like Noah would would create stars of people, they they would it would always be the 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 guys that had the the Noah roots. You know, and here's Goshiozaki, who's who. Okay, here's a guy finally who who started in Noah, and he's a true homegrown star. But like he was, you never really got the the sense that he was quite the 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 true ace of of that promotion yeah yeah um that's somewhat of a shame um because i think he i given the the, given the right circumstances and given you know the, the the biggest challenge that i have for for go would be the timing of it I really feel like that's is if it were a different time and a different space, it would would have been a a little bit easier for the guy. Mm. Um, I, I I just think he was a victim of circumstance and time, um, and I just couldn't. I just for me, he was a guy that just couldn't find his footing and, and to to be that guy. And I I truly believe that that like a like a Nakamura 
could have fallen into those traps if things didn't work out in a positive, right? Yeah. If he didn't find his his what was missing in him. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's go to a a a T in the sense of he, he there's you know, he just couldn't find that groove. He was always close to it. He was always right up against it. And 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 it was just a, a matter of just kicking it right in the groove and going. But he just couldn't find it. He couldn't find that gear, um, whatever that was, whatever that means, whatever that intangible is. Um, and again, I think that timing plays a lot to do with that. And I just think that, again, if, if it were a different time, if it were a different space, if it were, if it were a different era where he could kind of be his own and not try to be the guy to take over, I think things would have been much different for him. Yeah, true. Yeah. And and like this was even what the, the announcers were talking about in this match. It was the, the Battle of Tanahashi loving New Japan and uh Shiozaki Shiozaki it was Tanahashi's New Japan love and Shiozaki's Misawaism was yeah. the way that they were putting it here and, and yeah, and that that was kind of uh really the the deal here. Um yeah, I do like some of the, like the the early offense here, where you you had sort of slingshots into to ring posts and a lot of like focus on uh, the faces. Like I think like they they were really trying to establish that both of these guys are these these really good looking handsome men of like respective battling promotions. So they're gonna go straight after each other's faces and try and mess them <laughs> up. You know, um, yeah, I, I think like that was kind of a a cool little little moment there. Yeah. Um, well, he was coming off an eye injury, wasn't he, Tanahashi? He was indeed, yeah, and, and uh, he had to vacate um, the IWGP Championship um, right after, I suppose, right after the G1. Maybe there was a little bit of time after that in 2009. But anyway, yeah, it would have been uh, Shinsuke Nakamura that that uh, would have taken over um, that title. Um, they they had a tournament. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're right. So he's, he's just coming back from that as well. So that there was, there was another aspect of, of, of targeting, um, that element there. But, uh, yeah, you, you do see so much, you know, really, really good stuff, really smooth offense from Shiozaki, like an amazing moonsault towards the end there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually a, a Tanahashi, uh, German su- suplex, which was, um, also really, really nice to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, also you, you're right. I think Shiozaki trying to like be in in somebody else's shoes was was definitely um something that would be it misawa be it like the the kintakabashi like chops and elbows which was like a, a lot of his striking offense here um yeah it, it wasn't it, it was indeed like misawaism or kobashiism and like it was never shiozakiism right um, yeah but that's hard to do, right? I mean, it, it, the people that that can do that and step out of shadows and and make things their own, they go on to be legends, right? So, and so, how many legends are there, right? Not everybody can be a legend. Um, and again, it's it's there's a lot of things that have to go into into making that happen. The fans have to connect with you. The 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 fans have to be on board with that. That that's really the toughest thing is to is to make that monumental switch and change. You could do it all you want. And you could go through the motions physically and mentally, and but if the fans don't sink their teeth into it and go along with you for the ride, it, it's it's a very difficult thing to do. And I think that's one thing where, when we talk about Tanahashi kind of saving the company and, and being the guy to get them out of the, the doldrums of of you know pre this era and 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 this you know maybe you know we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel beginning here in, in this you know, 2010s, 2009s and all that is that the fans were starting to buy it and the fans were starting to, you know, get, and again, not massive, certainly not a buzz that was, you know, all over Tokyo, but little pockets, little pockets, you know, a forest fire starts small, you know, starts with one spark. And, 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 but you kind of felt that moving forward, especially with Tanahashi. Um, and again, that's the hardest thing to do when you're trying to start a new era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and we would, we would go from that to someone again that, that hasn't quite ever been able to <laughs> to <laughs> like yeah, here we, we're going from go shiozaki and to hiroki goto which i really think is a, is a good sort of new japan analog to go shiozaki for for no really um 
and Hiroki Goto challenging um, Takashi Sugiura, who was the the GOT champion at, at this point in time. Um, and yeah, I mean, like Goto had sort of you know i mean he through 2009 i guess he was he was doing a lot of stuff with with nakamura um you know because they were they were both in rise and then nakamura went off to to form chaos and like goto wasn't part of chaos and so you know that that led to a few matches there um but uh yeah just you're, you're starting to to get the sense here of um you know, let's if we if we're going with Goto, let's let's go with Goto. You know, right? Um, you know, he he'd had his his G one win at this point, and it didn't really convert to much. And um, you know, here's this here. I think is is where things start with with Goto and like him not being able to win the big one. Is this like feud he'd have over a few Tokyo Dome matches with um, with Takashi Sugiura, um and not being able to beat the guy. And, um, yeah. And so that, that sort of left him in the wilderness and, until the, the never championship came along, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he, he, this, this match to me was, you know, you're, you're, I'm rewatching it and it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, the light bulb moment goes off. It's like, and just like you said, this was the beginning of, of his role being the, I don't want to say the baby face gatekeeper, but, um, you know, a gatekeeper, a higher middle card kind of guy. And again, every once in a while, he'll get his his run at the top and, you know, get moved back down quickly. Um, but a, a guy who is a tough challenge, a, an established pro, a, uh, a a rung on a ladder for somebody that's that's being built up as a challenger or or needs to take the next step and the next level. Um and, and we all know, you know, the the running jokes of, you know, I mean, I <laughs> coined the phrase Chief J Goto because that to me, that's, you know, back in the day, you know, Chief J Strongbow was the, that guy for the Backlands and the San Martinos and, you know, the, the baby face guy that that the heel had to get through to, to get a title shot. Um, and, and that's kind of what Goto is in this day. He's a he's he's a credible name. He gets his wins every once in a while, but he's not going to be the guy. Um, and and I can't say that this match was the match that started it. But you know, looking back and, and over his career, and if you, you if you kind of chart it back, this this kind of like began that story of Goto in the fans' eyes of being the guy who could never win the big one. But in you know real new Japan pro wrestling fandom, hardcore fandom, it's, yeah, he's the, he's the roadblock to a lot of people to kind of take the next step. And, and here's where he is. Yeah. You make a good point. I, th- I think like these, um, all of these matches, when, when you probably saw them at the vacuum in a vacuum and at that time, it was, it was different, you know, but like <laughs> now with a perspective where, where we look at it, um, from a modern standpoint, you're like, oh, oh yeah, you know, everything <laughs> falls into place. And you know, I think like a couple of episodes, we were talking about the the Goto and Muta match um, from a couple of Risking those prior in in 2008, um, where you know it, it was that was the, 2008 was Goto's biggest year, really. Um, but it didn't seem like it the, the start of that show. And I think I think like this this match has like the 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 goto special uh in effect where in in 2008 it was this thing of like goto gets hit with uh three shining wizards and like he he you know and, and muta goes for for a cover and like goto kicks out right away and and they're going ah, he's not done Goto's still alive he's not done he's not done he's not done uh, there's a moonsault always finished <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> right, right. like and this this happens as as well where like you know Sugira like gets this this huge german suplex on on goto into the corner um hits his Olymp- hits the olympic slam and like goto th- kicks out at one mm-hmm. and like it was oh, and then it's just like ankle lock anytime right, right. <laughs> Right. Like he is the king of getting people's hopes up. Like he, he really is. Um, he is. And, and it's the same thing. You know, he, he beats, uh, you know, if we're going to, to, to more modern times, uh, you know, he beats Nakamura for the, the intercontinental title mm. and, and, and he, and he beat him twice, um, you know, which was significant. And then, you know, then he just goes on this massive losing streak and, and you don't hear from him. And then he's, you know, he's got a, 
uh, you know, do everything in his powers to kind of get a fight himself back and rebuild himself. And you know, he still loses. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, he, he is that guy. Um, and that, and this match at the dome, again, looking back at it with, with the, the vision that we do have now, it is telling because that's exactly, exactly how you described it of monster kick out. And, you know, you know, everybody's kind of like, okay, here we go, go. And then ankle lock tap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're kind of left, left sitting there like, what? what? Why? What happened? <laughs> so, no, that's exactly it. And, that, and that's, that's, that is Goto in a nutshell, right? If, if you're going to just say, okay, write a one-page synopsis on Hiroki Goto, uh, you could probably just map out that match. And that's really how it's been for Goto for the most of his pro wrestling career. Oh, Hiroki Goto. I know. I know. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yes, but I mean, his his opposite number and, and former, uh, at one point, dojo roommate, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, was doing much better for himself at this point. Um, IWGP champion. Is it hard to believe, uh, Damien, this was his third and last IWGP heavyweight championship reign? Yeah. Um, was, uh, you know, this was in the middle of 2010. He'd hold the title until May. Um, lose it to, to Maccabi and, and never get it back. Um, so, yeah, it seems really, really weird that, that um, you know, it, it was just for a different project. I've been watching a lot of Nakamura stuff recently and a lot of, like, early Chaos things. And, um, yeah, it's still, like, incredible to think that we didn't really to to get to what we were talking about before like shinsuke nakamura had been an iwgp champion three times um and had really done you know everything that that would make the bulk of of a great career but i don't think anybody really believes that he truly properly arrived until um august 2011 you know when he won the g1 and then from there like you sort of see the king of strong style nakamura um and you know the the ic run which which or the ic runs which truly made him you know in the in the mid 2000s it's amazing to think that that he was in pro wrestling for like nine years and had been to the top of it without ever being a guy that that you would consider as like truly a real real guy for for another good while here yeah and i think that that the fans themselves kind of felt that way, that it might have been a bit rushed, right? Um, and, and the general responses that he got at that time. Um, yeah, it is weird to think that, that you know, the, the Nakamura of, you know, G1 Climax 25, right? Uh, where I think a lot of people in that building coming out of that were thinking, I mean, this is, this is Nakamura's year, Right. Winning and, and, and going on and, and, and going on to uh, headline Wrestle Kingdom and Tanahashi, you know, obviously winning that. It, you know, it's it's an it's an amazing thing what pro wrestling can be. Um, and you can look back to certain individuals and when that spark hits. And, and I talked about that with, you know, er, earlier, you know, it, it just finding the groove and finding what is missing and finding whatever piece of the puzzle it is. And you get little glimpses of that, you know, with him forming chaos and his interviews and um, just his mannerisms are starting to, to, to change a little bit. They're getting a little bit more quirky. Um, but this match was it, it, even, even with that being said, Chris, this match felt to me like this was sort of a passing of the torch to to continue the the saga of him being a legitimate fighter, right? Because Takayama to me is a guy who is just a tough son of a bitch, right? And you know, and we all know his pride background and his MMA background and his work in all Japan and, and even his work in Noah and the, and even the matches that they had before uh, Nakamura and Takayama. Um, and it felt to me that this match, and the way this match was st- structured, it seemed like of Nakamura just taking a beating mm. in the beginning with with knee strikes and thigh strikes, and it, I mean literally the first ten minutes of this match is Nakamura just getting pounded, just to establish the fact that he can take this beating, try to come back. You know, he's trying to get the arm bar throughout, 
Uh, but just taking a beating and then finally getting getting a win. I don't want to say out of nowhere, but just establishing the fact that he is tough. He's able to fight back and he's able to be a legitimate badass. And I put that in air quotes. Um, even though it felt like the company was trying to somewhat sway away from that mindset of thinking, um, which I thought was kind of telling uh, where I didn't, I didn't get a feeling that we were moving in a new direction. I it felt like we were reestablishing we need to say that our champions are badass, tough guy, somewhat MMA-ish, and not so much, you know, establishing that he's the pro wrestler and the guy that we're rallying behind to lead the company. I think, like, there's a few things going on with that where, like, I think part of it is the chaos at this point is, like, eight eight months in. And so Nakamura has been leading this this group really for, yeah, since well, April 23rd was when it was like properly chaos. You know, this, this is what chaos is. And um, I think what you saw was like an, a reestablishment of who Shinsuke Nakamura was, this, this chaos Shinsuke Nakamura, instead of like the, the Nakamura of Rise. Because like everybody in that unit was taken from gbh and great bash heel was a very very like attitude era wcw like masses of run-ins like outside interference like heel heel stable right mm-hmm. um and so i think like they would they probably wanted to make this distinction of like nakamura is in a stable with heels but like he's not like that kind of guy you know he still has that that code of honor within him right and you get that with the the g1 match with makabe in 2009 you know where it's like it was one you know, i'm only able to say this because i've watched a ton of like chaos matches over the last uh month or so but like 2000 you know the the story of like the 2008 g1 win which is uh you know when when goto beat makabe um like there was tons of outside interference in it like it was a real sort of very very busy <laughs> main event uh to say the least i you know, call it overbooked call it whatever um and so when they go to makabe and and nakamura um at the start of the match makabe like gives a nod to homer and it's like you go to the back now and like nakamura turns to yano and says like you go to the back you know so it's like establishing okay you know, Nakamura is like the the leader of, of chaos, but he's he's not you know he's he's not a chicken shit heel. You know, he he'll take care of business on his own kind of thing. And I think that's part of it. Um, but I mean, the other thing is like this is very much like the sequel to like the the two thousand and four match with with Takeyama. Yes. Um, so it's one of those things like Takeyama was like on pretty much a guest spot at this point and and he was coming in and saying he wants to see how much nakamura has grown and uh that's when you you do get like a lot of happy dunks i don't have you have you seen or can you remember that that 2004 match at all damon uh yeah i do remember bits and pieces of it and i do remember yeah. it being referenced throughout the lead up to the this match at the dome um and it was correct me if i'm wrong it's like takiyama's first new japan match in what two years three years might be even longer than that um, uh, it for a long time because yeah probably i might be wrong but probably since the stroke yeah um, and, I, and I, i'll be so, honest with you i that that's one thing that i knew he was hurt i didn't know that that it was a stroke right mm. um until actually i think i, I read that in your book <laughs> if i'm not mistaken <laughs> you know if we're talking about eggshells i think i that, like, that's exactly where I, I read that um so yeah i mean i mean look he it, it, if you look back at takiyama's career and and again we all know unfortunately that the condition that he is in right now you know he god what a just a what kind of punishment this man took mm. throughout his career and to be able to even think about doing a main event match in, in a, in a very physical style because he only knows one, yeah. um, against a guy who also can work a very physical, hard hitting style. 
that's 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 something, man. And I, 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 you can't hand wave that, and you can't just, you know, you can't get, you can't just throw stars and be like, okay, it is what it is. I think he had to take into consideration the fact that he probably wasn't in the best physical shape during this match. No, yeah, but I, I mean, like. Despite that, you know, I I think for for my mind, this this is a hell of a match. Like it's it's yeah. probably, it's you know my favorite match on this card. I think, um, you know, and it, it does work a lot more if you if you've seen the two thousand four, you know, which was entirely to your point, like Damon, completely one sided. Like exactly, I mean, just beating the piss out of uh, Nakamura in in oh four. Um, but like back then, like the finish was uh, he gets the Everest German and like Nakamura transitions out from that pin into uh, a Kimura and, and taps Takeyama. Um, and they go for it here as well. Where like Takeyama hits the German, like Nakamura transitions out, looks for an armbar, but like Takeyama just stands up and just stamps on his oh, face. Yes, you know? yes, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and a look at the stain on his face too. Which is like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Right. Yeah, I did, I did catch that as well. That was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then, you know, you you do finally have that that Nakamura firing up and and hitting like four or five uh, bombing eyes after they go for for the G one spot, which is uh, the K one spot rather, which is like a, a common theme in a, a lot of like big Nakamura matches at this point, especially in the Tokyo Dome. You know where he'll he'll go and try and shoot in and then mm-hmm. get need in the face. In the oh process. yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, you know, a common thing. We're, we're nearly up to like the best instance of that, which was like the Sakuraba, uh, 20, 2013? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does love that spot that that run in, reckless run in, and then eating a knee. Um, yeah. and it's always one of those callback, just, uh, yeah. You, yeah, that you just whoa, there it is again, and why are you doing that? And that can't possibly be safe, <laughs> but yeah, he, he is the king of that, that is for sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, there you are. That was uh, 2010 in the Tokyo Dome and, and 2010 um, for New Japan starting off another kind of tough year of, of small attendance. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, things are starting to, to, to get back together here and, and uh, some light in there uh, at the end of the tunnel and uh, suddenly some, some good stuff. You know, I, I think like that's one of the things where um a lot of the the recent fans uh you know do miss out because i think like even now within the company there's this thing of oh this this was this was the dark year, the dark ages you know and nobody must talk about the dark ages um yeah, that's you know, a when, shame when they, I think, yeah, yeah that's a shame because i think they miss out on a lot of good stuff exactly oh. exactly exactly yeah and there, there's very little of it on new japan world but you know if you just sort of search 2008 2009 2010 you'll get some like surprisingly you know big you you'll you'll get big korakuen main events you know because you know nowadays new japan's almost you know occasionally you'll, you'll get the really really big korakuen match but it's kind of like you know Kurokuen's just like a, a home base, and you know we we don't you don't get IWGP title matches or anything like that. But um, you know it's, it's rare to see like these really really huge hot singles matches um, top the cards in, in Kurokuen. There's uh, that's that makes for some really exciting bits with like Goto and, and Nakamura and Makabe and and all that stuff. It's an era worth sort of dipping into. I think yeah I, yeah. I mean it, it just. Just for this show alone, I mean, to see, you know, Okada in an opening six-man tag, you know, just starting to throw his drop kicks, right? Um, and seeing young lions around the ring like Taichi or uh, Yoshihashi and, and, and Okada in his blue, uh, you know, tracksuit. So, um, again, this, this, is, this is the beginning. So, you know, for the people that are new fans to, to a New Japan product and even a, a Japanese wrestling product, you're seeing, you know, guys really legitimately just starting out so you know the 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 how you talk about now of you know you know jay whites and evils and even kawatos and 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 young lines that are currently in the system right now it's this is this is where they started so um at the very least you get that and then you get to see kind of how tanahashi progressed and became such a star and Nakamura um, and, and, and Makabe and, and the story that they led. So um, I think it's a good time. I think it's vastly underrated. 
Um, I think it's almost become like mean, mean out with Anokiism, you know, and all that. Um, it, but it, I think it's a solid time. You eat the stuff before and, and, and the stuff during. I think it's well worth at least a watch for historical purposes. But there's always gems in there hidden, and um, I think I think it's well worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And uh, that will bring us to the end of this episode. Uh, Damon, knowing that this show will probably go out to the general public in mid-November, I want to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, what might you have to, to plug around that time? <laughs> I, I'm sure we will have our uh, annual Super Jcast Awards. Um, we've done it uh, for three years now. This, I think this is number four that we're, we would be coming up on. So, uh, again, follow us on Twitter. Uh, my co-host Joel does an absolute – Joel Abraham does an absolute wonderful job um, with all of that. So follow us there on Twitter uh, at the Super – the Super Jcast. Um, I'm, we have a pro wrestling tease store. If you, if, if the Christmas season is, uh, hitting you and you need to find gifts, by all means, uh, we are at pro wrestling slash super J cast. And, uh, again, uh, well, we hope to have you on board for our little show, uh, the super J cast, where we talk about new Japan pro wrestling, uh, each and every week. So we hope to, uh, hope to have you aboard. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, next time we'll be t- discussing 2011 um, and the wonders of Rob Van Dam versus Toriano. <laughs> Most famous, I think, for just generating the Yano Toru light thumbs, which, uh, you know, it's almost, it's almost getting to the point where Yano's been doing that for as long as Rob Van Dam had been doing it up to the point. You know, up to that. It's Yano's now. It's Yano's yeah. now. <laughs> it's Yano's thing now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, and some some better stuff on that card. Believe me. And uh, Mike Sempervivi, hopefully, uh, will be joining us uh, for that show. Um, so you can check that out. You can, of, of course, uh, buy eggshells progressing at the Tokyo Dome um, from where you get your books. And you can follow me on Twitter at ReasonJP. And uh, we'll chat to you next time. Thanks. Goodbye.